welcome to StockTwits After Hours, where we provide a quick rundown of the day's market action from the folks at StockTwits, the largest community of investors in the universe. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to StockTwits After Hours. I'm your host, Riley Rosenberger, alongside head trader at Trading Experts, Shake Prisby. Shake, today is Thursday, April 1st. Stock soared to record levels on the first day of the second quarter. The S&P 500 closed above 4,000 for the first time ever. So what did we see out there today? Stocks remain pretty strong on this low volume session. Rates were ticking lower, which allowed tech and NASDAQ names to run higher. We continue to see strength in cyclicals as well as financials. This is pretty much the theme we've been seeing most of Q1, and this is expected to continue with Biden's recently announced infrastructure plan. We saw the markets really change this quarter from the status quo of 2020 with the lockdown trades leading the way. So we're expecting more of this change that we've seen to continue through Q2. What do you mean by we saw the market change? Every major index closed at or just off its all-time highs today. Can you further explain what you mean by that? So we saw equity markets definitively change midway through February when inflation fears began to dominate the market. On February 16th, the 10-year Treasury yield ripped 10 basis points, beginning an unruly uptrend to close the quarter, which made it most difficult for tech stocks to continue to catch a bid, which we saw all of 2020. The queues actually topped on this day as we saw this massive shift to financials, as banks love the rise in rates, making loans more profitable. And with vaccine distribution, we saw cyclical stocks become the market leaders as we're expecting an incredible 6.5% growth in GDP this year. Now, none of this is breaking news, but we're expecting this shift to continue into Q2. The economy is in a pretty tricky spot right now with stocks at all-time highs, home prices at all-time highs, actually up over 11% nationally year over year. We're seeing crypto prices at all-time highs as well, but inflation expectations are the highest we've seen since maybe 2008, and we know how that event unfolded shortly after. Now, there are definitely some major differences in the economic landscape between now and then, which is namely the labor market. Obviously, the pandemic crushed jobs nationally, and we're just beginning to have our eyes set on a recovery, but it's looking like we're a couple years away from pre-pandemic levels of unemployment. Still, make no mistake about it, the Fed is fueling these equity market gains as they continue to buy tens of billions of mortgage-backed bonds every single month. Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus package last month was outdone by a $2.3 trillion infrastructure plan this week. Right now, the plan is for the Fed to continue to buy bonds at these rates through the end of 2023. So as long as that plan is intact... We can expect equities to continue to gain. Don't fight the Fed, as they say. But if we get any news of a change in schedule, as in tapering asset purchases before the end of 2023, could be really bad news for stocks. You mentioned the president's new infrastructure proposal. What are some highlights in this plan, and how does it differ from the stimulus package we just received last month? All right, so looking at the two government-implemented stimulus announcements of the past couple months, they're vastly different in their goals and really where the money's going. The stimulus package with the $1,400 stimmies is aimed at short-term help to boost the economy. It puts extra money in citizens' pockets to go out and stimulate a short-term spurt of spending at you know restaurants and things of that nature. The infrastructure plan is aimed at fueling long-term growth and driving economic output higher for years to come following the recovery. It's called the American Jobs Plan, and it's aimed at traditional infrastructure investments like roads, bridges, affordable housing, clean water, and even nationwide broadband. The stimulus package from last month will give the struggling economy a proverbial jolt to the heart 
Whereas the infrastructure plan is a lasting resuscitation. Theoretically, this plan calls for higher potential GDP growth, higher sustainable growth, as well as better productivity. And he's not finished. The American jobs plan is only half of it. Biden is apparently set to reveal the second half of this plan called the American Families Plan, where the spending proposal of these bills combined is a casual $4 trillion. So, I mean, the inflation fears we've been seeing in the market are absolutely valid with this historic spending we're looking at. We'll definitely keep you guys updated on the contents of this American Families Plan as we hear more about it. In the announcement of this plan, President Biden mentioned a corporate tax increase to pay for all these bills. The corporate tax rate could rise from 21% to 28%. He specifically called out Amazon as one of the Fortune 500 culprits who doesn't pay its fair share in taxes. Does Bezos have a bullseye on his back with Biden's plan here? So, I mean, Amazon was the easy target for Biden here as they hadn't paid federal taxes in 2017 and 2018 as they utilized loopholes to avoid them, specifically research and development tax credits. I'm not sure what people expect Amazon to do here as they're just doing what's best for shareholder value. You can't really blame them for that. Amazon's communications chief actually fired back at the president citing, if the R&D tax credit is a loophole, it was one Congress strongly intended as it was enacted in 1981 has been extended 15 times and eventually made permanent by President Obama in 2015. Quite the spicy altercation. But Amazon will be fine even if these new laws come into play. It might stifle growth a bit, but they're not the ones in real trouble. Companies that are teetering on the border of profitability are the ones who stand to feel the pain if tax loopholes are closed. But nothing wrong with companies paying their fair share, in my opinion. The oil market was on a tear during Q1 as the world began to reopen and demand started to pick up. OPEC agreed to increase oil production next month. Should this help curb with rising gas prices, though? Gas prices have been absolutely surging as we're seeing people leave the house again with the vaccine distributions, along with the weather beginning to turn. We're three months into the year, and gas prices are up a staggering 27% in that span. So we're looking at this raise in production as very welcome because we're only going to see demand rise the further we come out of this pandemic. Gas prices are around $2.90 a gallon nationally, up from $2.28 where we began the year. If we kept that pace up, We'd be seeing $4 gas nationally in less than five months. So please, Saudis, time to ramp that production. Beginning in May, we're expecting production to rise 350,000 barrels a day and bump that production to 400,000 barrels in July when the recovery should really be taking shape from a vaccination standpoint. The oil industry is obviously coming off one of its toughest years as the lockdowns crush this space. They're forced to cut output to unseen levels with the world stuck inside They've ramped that supply up in the past six months where we've really seen gas prices begin to jump. So now that demand is beginning to normalize, it's definitely a positive we're seeing OPEC ease those output cuts from the pandemic. All righty, Shake. Well, that's a wrap for the week. U.S. markets will be closed tomorrow in observance of Good Friday, but we'll talk again on Monday after hours. Sounds good. You've been listening to Stock Twits After Hours. To learn more and subscribe today, visit StockTwits.com. All opinions expressed by the host and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of StockTwits or their affiliates. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a recommendation to buy or sell any security. The podcast is also not a research report and is not intended for the basis of any investment decision. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.